following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 119 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. Thanks. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you a brand new episode right here on this very feed every Monday. If you already aren't, make sure you're following us over on social media. We're at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. As well as you want to follow us over on Patreon, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. We just put up uh, the Q&Stank, the, the Q&A episode that we did with uh, Ryan Barkin, CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees, um, which is, by all accounts, a, a very fun episode. I had a lot of fun uh like I, I sat through and like listened through ev- through everything just for like editing purposes because uh, I don't know if you know this about Dave. Uh, sometimes we go on tangents about just random, you know, random things, and uh, so just making sure everything was good. Uh, and yeah, I, I decided to put that up. So we have four different tiers on there. One of them being a three dollar tier, which is just uh, we put you on the Christmas card list. Um, but if you want to listen to it and you're like, I just want to listen to that and I don't want to hear any of your movie reviews. I don't want to hear you guys talk about Power Rangers. I don't want to hear you guys talk about conspiracy theories. Um, then you can sign up for the $3 tier uh, and listen to, to that over there. Um, but Dave, I, I, immediately I want to talk about this because something has been troubling me all week. Um, oh, no. Normally, you and I... I mean, we're, I mean, not normally we are, we're big fans of these Marvel movies, big fans of these Marvel yes. properties. And due to the pandemic, some of these movies got pushed back. Uh, now it's already even pushed back a little bit more, which is fine. As long as they don't touch the Spider-Man movie. But, uh, one thing I kept seeing all week was how terrible the Eternals is. Everyone. Oh my God. Yeah. This, this is the worst one. I literally saw someone call it a cinematic abortion. Um, to which I was like, what the fuck? Like, is this movie really that bad? And I was nervous because I, I, I told my girlfriend, I was like, oh, we should go watch it. Like, you know, let's let's go watch this new Marvel movie. And I was like nervous. I was like, fuck. I was like, I'm going to take her to see fucking the one shitty Marvel movie. Like, oh, my God. Um, and so we sat down. We watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Like, I'll, I'll give just a, a quick spoiler-free review. Um <laughs> You know, it's I, I can see where they're going as far as they wanted to do their own thing, um, and I enjoyed it. Like you know, it was a div- diverse cast of people. The the one thing that was was a little tricky for me is uh, you have fucking uh, the, the, both the Stark boys. You know, you have a uh, um, Kit Harrington who played um, Jon Snow, and then you've got a uh, oh god, what's his name? The other guy who played uh. Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Yes, yeah, so we have Rob Stark and Jon Snow, and they're both fighting over the love of a woman named Cersei. And so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, like I like I told my girlfriend, I was like, I was like, this is weird. I was like, it's like you put, uh, you know, I'm like, it, it's almost as if you put, uh, Kristen Stewart and the guy who played the werewolf in that Twilight movie you know, in a movie together. And there was a character named Edward that they kept like referring to, you know, like it was just, it was very weird because of that. Um, I mentioned the movie could have been a little bit shorter. Sure. But like, it was fine. Like I watched it. And again, it was like, I would probably rewatch that over like 
Thor two or, or, or Captain yeah. Marvel. Like, um, it was, it just, it wasn't a bad movie. And you know, like I know we're in an age now where it's easy to like, cause the, the thing too, is there was a lot of negative reviews of the people bombing it because you know, this is a, this is an outspoken, an outspoken, outspoken Asian woman director, you know, who's said a, a thing or two about, you know, the Chinese government, uh, they weren't happy with that, you know. Yeah. They weren't happy that the cast, you know, was as diverse as it was because people were just like, oh, like, they're trying to be woke, which, like, that's it, never, like, a thing, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, or that they're like, oh, there's gay people in this movie. Oh, I hate that, you know, because, like, Saudi Arabia, totally okay with beheading of people, but, you know, God forbid yeah. two men share a kiss, you know, because then that's – that's where they draw the line. Um, but no, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like it was, you know, it was a good movie. Um, it set up some pretty fun stuff. You know, the post credits, both post credits, you know, of course, most people, come on, both post credits. Th- thankfully this time I didn't see anyone get up. Like that's one of those things during Marvel movies. When I see people get up in the credits, it's like, what are you, like, what are you they doing? Figure it out. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like there's like 25 of these by now. Yeah. You know, you would have thought yeah. you figured it out. Yeah, I, I was actually I was gonna watch the movie this weekend, and then like time constraints happened, so I wasn't able to. But yeah, I mean, even before the movie came out, there was like this weird, wasn't loud, but there was like this weird undercurrent of people already expecting, and I think maybe secretly hoping for this movie to suck. Um, part of it is like one, the trailer, and, and things like the branding, like the logo, doesn't look very quote unquote marvelly. And yeah, and then you have the you have the inclusion of several actors that don't normally fit the action bill, quote unquote. You know, you you had uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Salma Hayek, uh, you know, things like that that they're traditionally not looked at like in superhero terms, I guess. And and I do think I do think that there are a lot of people that are mad at the amount of diverse diversity that's happening. Like we're seeing this, this kind of weird backlash of people <laughs> being inclusive for some reason. They're like, I don't like that. Not not in my Marvel, and it's just it's weird. Um, and the other thing is, people I think are a little wary because this doesn't look like a typical Marvel movie in the Infinity Saga style, you know. But I think that's good. I mean, we've been complaining so much that things are so samey. Why don't we step out of the box and they finally do it? And the first thing everyone does is shit on it. So um, I've heard plenty of bad reviews, um, but I've also heard people saying, like, this isn't the most glowing glowing endorsement, but people like, it's not as bad as people are saying. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'll be able to judge for myself in the next week or so. But um, I'm glad. I'm glad new things and new directors and new combinations of actors are being uh, explored because that's, you know, we don't all have to have the same movie a thousand times. Um, The one, the one bad thing, and I think most people would agree, and it's going to be a problem for Marvel in maybe the next several movies is as they've acquired the movie rights to things that they didn't have before when they started the MCU, People are going to be like, where were you when Thanos, you know, the Captain Marvel had that problem. 
Eternals, you know, that's a big deal, I guess, in the movie where they explain why they didn't. But, like, a lot of people get, can't get past, like, why didn't you just help fight Thanos? And we're going to see that a lot, I think, until uh, we see more of the current big bad in uh, the next phase. But, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of let's reserve some judgment. Um, all the actors in this movie are great. So, and Marvel's typically great at making Marvel movies, so I don't get what people are pissed off about. So that is something that you mentioned, because I mentioned it to my girlfriend as well, where I was like, the only complaint as like a Marvel you know, nerd that I have is that, that they're just like, you know, because at one point, um, Jon Snow, he's like, how come you guys didn't do anything about Thanos? Like, how come you guys haven't done about anything? And it's like, well, we were instructed not to. And it's just like, I totally get that. I understand. Yeah. But when one of your own, because Thanos, I believe in the comics, he is, they're of the same race, you know? When one of your own comes and commits fucking genocide, that's when you step in. Like, it, there's, yeah. you know, like there's a... Not spoil. It's not not a spoiler part. The, 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 um, whatever. There's one part in the movie where you know there's a, a, a some people going to war, and one of the one of the Eternals who can control minds. He's like, I can stop all this right now, and like Selma Hayek's character is like, no, like you're not supposed to intrude in this. That's one thing. Sure, I get that. I I I, yeah. I, I understand that. When a homicidal, genocidal, suicidal maniac fucking shows up. And not Sabu. And not Sabu. That's 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 when you intervene. You know, that's when yeah. you intervene. And it was also one of those things too, where like, so the, the climax of the film is something that I would consider an Avengers level threat. And I listen. I'm not blaming myself for fucking doing this because this is what they, you know, this is what they've said, like an Avengers level threat. And yeah. Do, you know, do I expect fucking anytime something's wrong, Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and Thor to show up? No, of course, that's just not how it is. Based on what happens, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, Doctor Strange should have just been like, God damn it. Can't I fucking, can't I get through, you know, uh, rewatching The Sopranos without having to fucking fix everything, you know? Because it's like, yeah. Well, there's some shit going on. And it's again, one of those things where it's like Captain Marvel, like, I get it. She's out in space doing stuff. And it's like, yeah, but space is here. You know, like this involves, this is very heavily involved with space and specifically where she's from. But again, did not bother me. Did not, you know, like they make, uh, you know, they make references to that. There's like a scene too where they're like, oh, who do you think's going to take over for the Avengers now that Captain Rogers, which is, which is an interesting thing. That you know they're like Captain Rogers and uh, or Steve Rogers and Iron Man. Steve Rogers. You know, yeah, yeah, because it's like, oh yeah, there is a new Captain America now. Um, and I'm excited. And then again, post credits. Fucking stick around for both post credits. Like some of you guys may know already what's going on, but that second post credits it was one of those. Ooh, like, yeah. oh boy, is this, does this seem like a lot of fun? Um, but yeah, I mean definitely like I'm, i'll be interested to hear your take on it because um yeah like i know you weren't the biggest fan of like what if and um screen junkies the, the youtube channel screen junkies they do uh a, a web series called 
um honest trailers which is sort of just like pokes fun at like movies and stuff like that and they did one for what if and boy did they nail the head they hit the nail on the head as far as a lot of things go what like a lot of things where i was kind of just like huh you're right like you know where it's like it was kind of promised as like oh here's you know here's this all new all new what if stuff and really like it wasn't not nothing really you know they didn't reinvent the wheel it was kind of just like you know well like so to me and you know i didn't watch all of what if so this is me in concept talking about it but like to me the interesting thing about the idea of what if it's like the butterfly effect right like let's say had had a butterfly landed on the car of someone and it crashed and it made Adolf Hitler not be able to go to something where he saw someone hating a Jew, would we not have had, you know, the Fuhrer? Like, to me, that's an interesting kind of like, oh, what if this guy never came to power, you know, or, and they didn't seem to do that a lot. They, they made like a minor tweak, but like, in essence, like they use Killmonger a lot. And I think Killmonger was just the same, just thrown into like a different scenario. So there wasn't much effectual change to the guy, if that makes any sense. And I think people were looking for like, like I think we got that in the cat in the Captain or the Agent Carter one. It's like, oh, Steve Rogers never became Captain America. She did. That's a big what if. And ironically, that's the episode that a lot of people didn't like for some reason. So. Um, I wish it was more like that than what we got. No, I, I completely get what you mean because that that's sort of just, you know, how uh, how I've felt. And in as far as, like, here's Killmonger, one of the more sympathetic characters in that universe. And you could have, again, my hope was make him the new Black Panther. Like, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to make Shuri the new Black Panther. You don't have to introduce a new Black Panther. Like, here here's your chance uh here was a character that was very popular and the story is there you know the last time we saw this guy was a different version of him and he was fucking you know terrible well yes he has claims to the throne and you know like well it would have been better if what if his dad had come back right Mm -hmm. to kind of lived the life of royalty he was destined to have t'challa dies and then he naturally becomes the Black Panther through no treachery, just through his lineage, and becomes a great Black Panther. That would have been a great what if. I was like, oh, right. Because like, I don't think – I think most people agree Killmonger wasn't a bad guy. He did bad things, but like it was – he was a victim of circumstance. So change the circumstance, right? And now you've got an interesting, oh, wow, maybe he could have been a good Black Panther. Um I think Marvel was a little scared to do something so radical. And then I guess maybe you wouldn't have had the guardians of the multiverse if you messed around too much, but I think they could have figured out something a little more creative with it. Yeah, but. definitely. But, um, you mentioned getting creative with it. One of the things that I love that they're actually doing now is getting more involved into the spooky side, into the, you know, like, the, the mystical side of it yeah. uh, specifically with um, it's, it came out this week. There was uh, some Marvel leaks and uh, I 
think it's no secret now because people have been talking about it for a while, but uh, they we're getting fucking Dracula. You know? How cool is that? How cool? Yeah, like, we've talked often enough, like, how do you make those universal monsters cool? You know? Like, how do you make them cool? Because, again, in an era where, you know, Chucky has his own television show, and, you, you know, like, you have fucking Leatherface and Ghostface, like, it, who gives a fuck about these characters? And that's not how I feel. It's just that is, you're not going to attract the youth, you know, that way. Well, right. you know how you make fucking them cool again is you put them in the MCU because uh, Ethan Hawke has been rumored for a while to be playing uh, Dracula in this upcoming Moon Knight series opposite of uh, Oscar Isaacs as the titular character of Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty fucking cool because, like, Ethan Hawke's a really good character. And if uh, if he's playing Dracula, well... I know a specific vampire hunter who is uh, yes. who was cast within the MCU, and uh, wouldn't that be fun to see him pop up in Moon Knight? Could you imagine a movie version of, like, a movie of Blade versus Dracula? I mean, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that excites me with Marvel. The, the, like the world of possibility. Like, they had a lot of good toys in the toy chest and then they acquired someone else's collection back in and it's like, Oh man, it's going to get good. Well, specifically that you have like, there is a possibility that you'll have Mahershala Ali as blade, uh, yeah. Oscar Isaacs as fucking moon Knight, and Ethan Hawke as like Dracula all share this. And it's one of those, like what an embarrassment of riches. What, yeah. what an embarrassment of riches that like, Oh yeah. For our, sign up pay ten dollars a month and this is what you'll get you know yeah. like this is not even a movie um and then funny enough too like in this moon knight series that it was rumored that this has been rumored for a while that there was going to be a werewolf by night halloween special next year clearly not this year um right and they've 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 gone ahead and, and cast their their werewolf in uh gael garcia bernal um he most recently uh he was in in that movie old with um that m night Shyamalan movie about the beach that turns people old uh you know he was in coco he he did one of the voices like he if you see him you'll you'll know him like uh some people might recognize him from there's two spanish movies that he's really popular for one is uh itu mama tamien and the other one is uh amores peros which is like that one is essentially mexican pulp fiction which is a movie i saw way too early way earlier than i should have um but they've casted him as their werewolf so you know we're, we're also getting a fucking werewolf and it's just so fucking cool you know like i'm like hell yeah like br bring these characters in because the universe is it's so much more expansive now you know yeah. i'm not saying i don't want to see you know uh your Doctor Stranges and Spider-Man. Conversely, I want more of that. I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, less is more. No, more is more. Give me more. Um, but it's cool that they're bringing these characters in because, like, I know they there was, like, um, uh, you know, there's, like, rumors, too, that they were going to bring in, like, they bring back Ghost Rider. And they've been, they've been just trying to fuck around with, you know, like, the, you know, the spooky characters. And, uh, who who was it that everyone was like oh he's gonna be in wandavision he's gonna be in wandavision uh fuck the, the that everyone was convinced was the bad guy um mephisto mephisto yeah and it's like well yeah 
hey, now if you're fucking around with Dracula and werewolves and, you know, Ghost Rider, you could probably bring in Mephisto, you know, and like legit bring him in. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just, I don't know, to me, it's it, it's very exciting that, you know, we're getting vampires and werewolves. Yeah. It, it, the, the other thing, too, with getting, you know, we, we had like the Avengers run and then Thanos gets introduced and now now they're starting to expand more on like the cosmic concept of Marvel. And then. You know, then we see the mystic side with Doctor Strange and Dormammu. And, like, you can see, the, the like, much like our actual universe, it's expanding. And then now that we can kind of get these scarier, more spiritual elements. And, like, the exciting thing is, like, you know, we got the Nicolas Cage ghostwriter. You know, it, it exists. But, like, the fact that now it's under the actual Marvel banner... And we've seen directors take these comic book properties and start to experiment a little. Like, you, it doesn't have to be the the summer blockbuster. You can treat something like a straight up horror movie, right? Or, or like a, a mystery. Like, we can get out of like the su- quote unquote superhero stuff and start treating these movies as different genres under the same umbrella. Like, I'm sure Blade's going to explore that a little bit. Uh, you know, and then. Also, we got Fantastic Four coming, so now Cosmic Marvel is going to expand even more. I'm sure we're going to see Galactus eventually. If we don't, that's silly. But, uh, you know, things like that and Silver Surfer and things that maybe Fox didn't treat so well, now we'll get a little bit more of a serious treatment. Like, is it as impactful and as iconic as, like, Steve Rogers' Captain America or, you know, Tony Stark as Iron Man? No. But now we're starting to get a little more nuance, a little more uh lore building it's really exciting and like it's it's so cool the way marvel does stuff i know we fanboy over marvel almost every week but like just the fact that they've got like a brain trust guiding everything so everything kind of fits in a bigger puzzle it's it's really exciting what's coming up you know down the down the pipeline i guess yeah it's again an an embarrassment of riches really when you know when you think about it um another movie though dave that i try I tried to watch uh, this weekend. Um, it was Dune. <laughs> Have you ever watched the original Dune? Um, I've seen I've seen the original Dune in bits, only because it's so boring to me. I I've been toying with the idea of as an adult watching it and not as a kid because I remember my uncle really being like loving Dune, but I think he loved like the Dune. I think Dune was like a compilation of stories from the the original author. I think he liked reading like the Dune material. And so he was more connected to it. This one, I was like, this is boring. This looks like, like the sci-fi looked like a medieval movie or something. I was like, this is, I don't understand it. And so I've been trying, like, I can't tell you how many times I was laying in bed on my iPad and I was hovering my finger over the play button to watch the new Dune and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I don't know. There's something about Dune that seems pretentious and weird to me, but that might just be some bias on my part. See, what I, did you think of <laughs> Well, I, I got about halfway through. Um, I tried to watch it. I wasn't feeling good. I was tired. Yeah. And it's just like... I was just so confused. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Honestly, yeah. but part of it was that where I'm just like, wait, what the, huh? What's going on? Like, it was a lot of just 
it was confusing. And again, yeah. it, it might have not been if I would have just like been in a better state of mind. But I, I, I was just like, I don't know. Like I know the um, the original one, the OG one. Like people seem to really like that one. Like again, like um, what's his face who directed it? Uh, directs all that all the weird stuff. He did like Twin Peaks and stuff. Um, oh. I can't. I can't think of the name now. Uh, we look like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't. But but like I know that one because like Kevin Smith is constantly fucking like um. What do you call it? He's just constantly re- like referencing it and talking about it. Uh, David, David Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch. <laughs> and um, yeah. I, so I've wanted to watch it, but I was like, you know what? I was like, I'll just wait for the newer one to come out. Like, and if I like that one, I'll go back and rewatch the other one. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't really wasn't really my cup of tea and uh yeah. like maybe i'll go back and rewatch it it's also pretty fucking long like it is yeah i think it very was, indulgent yeah <laughs> i think it was like three hours long almost about and i got about a good hour and some change in but eventually yeah like it, it got to the point where i was just like nah, it's okay like i don't need to my life didn't need this yeah I'm like <laughs> I, I don't need this and it's fine and like i see people making the jokes and making the memes and stuff and i'm just like yeah well the way i look at it and i could be wrong we could have listeners that are huge i know wh dude. park is a huge fan of it so i i, I hope yeah I, I hope i don't receive an angry message from him and we know wh park He's no fraud. He he know he knows good stuff, but like, um, especially from the original Dune and this Dune, it feels to me like a weird experiment in art where some people can go through an art museum and look at a at a impressionist painting and sit there and be like, wow, just take it all in, and they're like, I can really see the meaning of the author or of the painter in this painting. And some people will stand there and they'll feel dumb and they'll say, yeah, I totally see what the painter was going for. And they just want to, they want to be part of the people that appreciate the art, but they have no idea what's going on. I have a feeling 50% of the people that say they like Dune say they like Dune because other smarter people say they like Dune and they're just too afraid to admit that they're just a crass idiot like you and me. <laughs> like, I, I look at Dune and I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. But I could I could tell someone's friends like, oh, did you see Dune? It was awesome. You're like, yeah, I, I loved it. It was there was so much sand. It was like a work. <laughs> the spice will flow, right, brother? And you, you, like, I don't fucking get it. Like, I don't I don't look at the Mona Lisa in awe, and I don't look at like American Gothic and be like, wow, look at the plight of the American farmer. I'm like, that's a cool painting. I I know people that can paint better than that now, but you know, whatever. That's how I look at it. So dare I say, your artwork so. is way more monumental and. Uh... Uh, I you can't. know, then the that fucking those two, stu- which you know, it's I it, think someone said that like that's not him and his wife, it's like him and his daughter. Yeah, I told you that. <laughs> yeah, you told me that. Yeah, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, most people assume it's his wife, but she, you know, it's his daughter. Yeah, no, I, you know, as far as the dune, I'm kind of doing with it. Like, again, maybe at some point I'll I'll pick it up. And again, it sucks because there's a lot of actors that I like in there. You know, like Dave Bautista. Right. Um, you know, specifically Oscar Isaacs, like he again, he's yeah. someone that I just I love. Put him in anything and I'll fucking watch it. I watch that like inside Lewin Davis movie, which is just him being sad and bopey for like 
two hours and I was just like, hell yeah, give me more of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will watch it, but you I will watch the movie eventually, but I'll just say right now, I'm not excited about it. <laughs> so yeah. And, just so y'all know. And that always makes it like, that always just makes it hard. You know, when it's like, if when at a certain point it feels like homework. Yes. And you're just like, oh, you're like, I don't want to fucking watch this. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited though. Another thing though that I'm really in particular though excited about Dave though is uh, Full Gear this weekend. Um, I don't believe I've talked about it on, I don't think I've talked about it on here, but uh, I will be attending Full Gear. I um, Maybe like, when it was supposed to be in St. Louis, uh, some of the guys at the shop, they were like, oh, yeah, we should go. We should go. It would have been All Out because that's when they announced it. They were like, oh, we should go to to All Out. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Like, or Full Gear because it was St. Louis, not that long of a drive. And they moved it over to Minneapolis. And I was like, ah, yeah, still like, fuck it. We, we should go and stuff like that. And then I didn't want to go because I was just like, oh, it's fine. But then Ryan got us the tickets and I was like, fuck. I was like, well, now I have to go. Um, and then like this, they've been building this card and it looks fucking amazing. Like specifically hangman and, and versus Kenny, that looks like it's going to be awesome after uh Friday with this, um, promo between Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. It's like, don't, don't care what else you, you put on that card. Like that's, that's the main event. Oh my God. Is that the main event? Like for, and yeah. I got to imagine you, most people listening to this have seen it, but like, what a fucking promo between the two. It is it is so awesome that like you can just put these two out there. You know, these two professionals, Eddie Kingston who, you know, I say is probably the best promo in wrestling right now, and CM Punk who uh he's no spring chicken when it comes to, you know, holding a microphone and stuff like that, but holy shit was it just like it very much like there's this thing with Eddie Kingston where you don't ever know if uh, he's crossing the line. Yes. <laughs> you know, like sometimes he says shit and you're just like, is that supposed to, be? you know, like um, you just, you don't really know. And so that was very much the case where I'm just like, I know they're, I know they're building up to it, but like, uh, is it, is this legit or what the fuck is going on? And yeah, right. it's just, oh dude, it, it it just it hyped me up so much. Well, it, it was also something similar happened between him and Brian Danielson. Like they had this backstage interview and then Brian Danielson's, you know, like, you know what? You should have been a world champion, but you're not. Cause you're too, you're too lazy. And just like, and then seeing how, you know, I'm sure in character mad he got at Brian Danielson. He's like, we'll see. Like the, People talk about like how great the Attitude Era is, and I know you're not the biggest fan, but like the best part of the Attitude Era was that feeling that uh, I know wrestling's quote unquote fake; it's predetermined, but this is real. What I'm watching right now between these two, there's real heat between these guys. Like there was so much of that going on, and of course it was all work. Most of it was work, but like the feeling of Wow. Like you could feel this simmering tension between the two of them when they walked in. And like during the promo, Kingston's like, I can see you're getting mad punk. And then the camera was on punk's face. And then it wasn't something I would have even noticed had he not said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he does kind of look like he's trying to be polite, but he's getting mad. Like, you know, when someone's annoying you and you're trying to be nice. So you have like that fake smile on your face. I was like, oh, yeah, punk does seem to be a little mad. And then. 
they're just going at it. And like, I love CM Punk. The one thing I will say about his run in AEW is it's been a little kumbaya for me, right? I'm glad he's back. And I know you have to have some of that, especially for a return after seven years as anticipated as his. But like the punk that we loved from seven years ago was the guy that was like, fuck the establishment. Fuck, fuck you, John Cena, for being called the best. Fuck Vince McMahon. Like there was this and it was the same with like Stone Cold. Like how how often did people sit there and their boss and they were like, fuck my boss. And then Stone Cold was the guy saying the same thing you were. Right. Was it nice? Was it the most uh, face, quote unquote, thing to say? No. But you you identified with it. And that's what you identified with punk. And then like he comes back and he's like, hey, guys, shucks, I'm so happy to be here. I just want to I just want to soak in the cheers. And you're like, that's not what I want. I want you to be mad at people. (laughs) I want you to walk around with a chip on your shoulder. I want to think that you're almost going to leave the company every time I see you because that makes all your matches that much more interesting. Right. And so we haven't had much of that at all. It's like, I'm glad to fight Darby Allen. Oh, I'm in the ring with sting. This is great. And now I I was joking with stupid Michael the other day. And I said, I feel like he's doing this on purpose to make us almost start to get sick of him. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to heel turn on us and be like, I tried to be nice. And you guys were assholes. And we saw a little bit of heel punk. He headbutted, you know, he cheap shot Eddie Kingston in the face with a headbutt. I'm like, oh man, they're they're planting seeds. And so like this has stuff, like my mind is turning. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see him do, you know, maybe some dirty underhanded heel moves. But he's still good. He's a tweener at this point. But like, I don't know. There's a whole world of possibilities. This is the magic of what AEW is doing, right? They take things that like, when Punk got in there, I would have never thought, oh, Punk versus Eddie Kingston, that's a no-brainer. But it is, now that we see it, right? It makes perfect sense. And like you said, it's going to be w- one of the more anticipated matches at full gear. There was a line that Dan- Brian Danielson had where he was like, CM Punk is here to you know, uh, help all the younger talents. I'm here to kick the shit out of them. And that's yes. sort of like you mentioned, that's sort of the attitude that I want CM Punk to have, you know? Um, yeah. And I and like listen, I even if it's like, hey, I'm not directly going for the title and things like that. Like that's fine. You don't have to do that. But yeah, it has been a little like, okay, oh gosh, I really, you know, I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that's that's what I love about the Brian Danielson like run. He he, in many people's minds, he doesn't have much to prove. He's one of the greatest of all time. Right. But when he comes in, he's fired off. Like he's out of a cannon and he's like, I want to beat everyone in here. I'm the best. You guys are saying you're the best and I don't believe it. Prove it to me. And so even though I wouldn't call him a heel, he's got this chip on his shoulder and he's like, no, 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 I'm the best. And you will recognize. And there's this edge to it that I'm like, all right, I dig it. Like he doesn't have to be an asshole about it, but he really wants to prove people that he's the best and we're not seeing that with punk yet. I don't think he's had, a, he's had a few pretty good matches that like, I think are better than most people expected, but um, we're going to see a different style of match. I think uh, next week. And that's going to be really good. And I am excited too, though, for punk to sort of find his way. Cause like people come unfairly sort of compare him and Brian Danielson, but it's like, yeah, Brian Danielson just wrestled like, you know, he basically yeah. he basically took like 
two months off, like two, three months off or whatever the case was. Um, yeah. And I got right back into the flow of things and had been wrestling consistently. Like, you know, CM Punk had the 70 years off. Um, and you do still see some of the ring rust, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to this. Like, you know, again, like I know a lot of people, Hangman versus Kenny, again, also meant like, I, I believe the card right now is, uh, it's Brit versus Takanchi, which should be fun. Uh, you have like a six man, no holds barred match with, uh, the super click versus, uh, Christian, luchasaurus and jungle boy again another match that should be fun because anytime you throw in the combination of those guys like they just the shit they do they just go balls to the wall so um pretty stoked about that of course you have ftr versus like the lucha brothers which (laughs) what the fuck like you know um honestly probably the only thing i'm not too crazy about is the inner circle versus america top team um yeah, that's circus stuff. To be yeah, honest. yeah, which I'm just like sure, like, yeah, you know, as long as you, as long as you let fucking uh, Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara go in there and, you know, get get their shit thing. in and yeah, and look good. But no, I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and I'm also, uh, I think I mentioned the schedule. So we're leaving Saturday at three, or our flight leaves at three. So we yeah. land there probably at four four thirty. And uh, we're going immediately from the airport to the um, uh, to the venue, and then from the venue back to the airport and flying out at six in the morning. Um, I imagine I'll be fucking exhausted as shit because, like, like I don't know how much I'm gonna sleep in the airport. You know, like it's one of those things yeah. where like they don't really make those airports as a as a comfy and accessible as you'd like them to be you know um but i don't know i was also thinking i was like well i don't know maybe we'll just get a hotel and sleep for three four hours you know like um, yeah we'll just all have to share one giant bed because it's gonna be five of us so maybe we'll just push it all together um i don't you know just go to cd motel with hourly rates bunch of strapping young lads and they'll suspect nothing <laughs> and then leave after you've napped. You know, I've always, I've never actually encountered a hotel with hourly rates. Like that's one of those <laughs> things that like I, like I've seen like yeah. in, in portrayed in TV and stuff like that, but I've never actually like, um, I've just never actually encountered one myself. I, w- I wonder if they actually exist. Cause now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever seen that either. See, I, I had this conversation. Um, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Where it's the same thing with like, there's no way there are this many massage parlors everywhere. You know, <laughs> like I see massage parlors. I just don't believe right. that there's this many legit massage parlors everywhere that I see. You know, because there's some pretty yeah. shady looking ones. Um, so again, I'm sure these hourly hotels exist probably near these fucking shady massage places or whatever. Which like, hey, whatever, man to each three whatever yeah whatever <laughs> floats your boat um very quickly though um we mentioned aew uh, there was something that i did want to talk about of course the, the mock situation um you know yes. he, he uh with with tony khan's blessing you know tony khan you know or or john moxley's blessing tony khan talked about he entered you know inpatient rehab for his alcohol addiction right like fucking good like fuck these old fucking timey wrestlers were just like oh no like you just you know no you get drunk and you get a pill addiction and you beat your wife and you know 
and yeah. you become estranged from your kids and that's how you did it because you're a tough guy like no here are these guys who are just like i need help and i want to get help and good on them you know like also good on punk for like coming out there and addressing the situation and talking about it and for AEW as a whole how they handled it like you know, if it was WWE, they would have been like, oh, you know, Dean Ambrose is taking, he, he got attacked by Baron Corbin last week, so he's taking fucking some months off to recover, and we all yeah. would have known what was going on, or it probably would have came out, but no, they were, they've all just been, like, transparent about it, and, like, good, it's it's good for people to talk and get, you know, the help they need, um, I had mentioned it, I think, last week, uh, maybe the week before that, but, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Cash Allen, you know, he had some, uh, you know he needed help and he reached out and he just they just did a whole episode over at uh you know the why did we ever meet podcast you know where, where him and cash talked about like uh mental health and especially for him for someone who's you know he's a freshman in high school like a lot of people at that age you know don't get the help when they need it and then they fully develop into adults who don't have they don't have these coping mechanisms they don't have the ability to to say hey i need help you know, like, Dave, can you help me because I'm feeling this type of way by then, you know, you're just you're just sort of conditioned to, um, do you know, like, no, it, it, it's okay. I just I don't talk about my problems. And, um, you know, like, I don't want to bother anyone. But no, like, good on people, you know, if anyone if anyone listening right now, you know, if you guys have ever been in a situation where you know, you need help and reach out where you're in that situation now, like, by all means, like, reach out and get help, like, you're never alone with these things, you know, and again, whether it's, um, you know, un unhealthy thoughts about, you know, like harming yourself, or whether it's I have an addiction to, you know, alcohol or drugs or something like, by all means, speak out like there will be, and, and get the help because it's there. You know, all the resources are there. You know, it's I know it may seem like climbing a fucking mountain because it's something, you know, that you're not used to or are not familiar with. But like, I promise you, once you do it, you know, like more often than not, you'll be very happy that you, you reached out for the help that you needed. Yeah, I, I agree. And like, I'll say there is this weird old school mentality that you mentioned that uh, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. And part of that goes in hand in hand. It's a generational thing, right? The, the, the same people that complain about wokeness are the people that tell you, Oh, the good old days, we just, you know, down to fifth of whiskey and went to sleep, you know, <laughs> with a revolver in our hands, praying that we didn't shoot it off. You take a look at stuff like this and people get accused of being soft for seeking help. Um, I think that's, that's hogwash. Like you look at someone like John Moxley and, you know, by all accounts, he's had a great career reinvention coming to AEW. He gets to do the stuff he always dreamt of doing. And then from an outside person that doesn't know anything about his actual personal life says, you're married to a beautiful woman. You have a kid, you're headlining pay-per-views. You're a millionaire what do you have to, you know, why are you drinking your whatever feelings away or why are you addicted to this? You, but people, normal people don't know the pressures that someone like that goes through. Someone who may have a predilection towards that to start with. And then you have the pressure of trying to help a young company succeed. And, you know, when you're a wrestler, you see all sorts of horrible things happening to people you consider brothers and sisters around you that don't make sense. It's just, 
there's something about this business that takes good human beings and chews them up and spits them out. I mean, we had friend of the show, Daphne, you know, she, she was battling and she was someone that she reached out sometimes to people like, you know, we've talked to, I've talked to her on the phone about some of her battles with depression, but like sometimes things like that are inner demons, the problems that we're facing one, they seem too personal to share with other people. And maybe sometimes there's a little bit of embarrassment. Um, but I'll tell you, if you if you're going through your own battles, that embarrassment that you think you'll feel, your friends and your family and the people that love and admire you would much rather deal with something that's quote unquote um, embarrassing than not having you around or seeing you delve deeper into your demons and not address it. Um, I will say, like we, we roads to the top came out, and there there was like. They played it for laughs a little bit because I don't think they realized how serious it was. But like, I think Brandy Rhodes was like, are you OK? And he's like, yeah, I'm a little hungover. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know what I mean? And it's just. The the status of what you're doing and how well you're doing in life has nothing to do with things that affect you on a very deep personal level. So, like, I think it was great that they addressed it. I think that there's an element of John Moxley that was like, I want people to know this so they know they're not the only ones going through it. I'm going through it too. And I'm, I plan on fighting, you know, not just for myself, but for my family and for my loved ones. I think it was admirable. And yeah, I mean, my dad, you know, he died basically from complications of a lifelong life of just abusing things and it, it all came to a head and when he finally stopped it was too late but like back then they that was the manly thing to do you drink and you you huff things and and you you do all kinds of drugs and if if anyone from that old school mentality takes a look at what john moxley did and calls that soft they can fuck right off because i would rather have john moxley live a long healthy life and see him at at interview or at autograph conventions as an old healthy man, rather than to see another headline in an in memoriam and say, Oh wow, this guy drank himself to death. So, uh, which is what we've seen practically with most of our childhood heroes in wrestling since the seventies. So good on him. Good for AEW treating this so sensitively. Um, I saw Renee Paquette say that they were moving from Vegas. I have, Back to uh, Ohio, I have a feeling this may have something to do with it. Maybe Vegas is probably not the best place for someone trying to deal with something like this. But good, they're making proactive steps, and they're not ashamed of it, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I know. Again, you know, our best wishes go out to you know John Moxley and his family because yeah, yeah. again, it was it was an unfortunate situation. Um, another unfortunate situation though was uh, <laughs> WWE announcing record profits, and then. I think like 90 minutes later releasing a whole litany of, of the wrestlers, you know, mo most notably, you know, you had a uh, killer uh, carry and kill you at killer cross Keith Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it was just, it's incredible to me how many people, someone, someone posted a picture of all the released wrestlers they've released this year alone. And like, you could start your own wrestling, like, federation uh, and, a, and a very good one yeah like if you know and i, I know was, you know some of them have gone to to aew and stuff like that but it's like if you took everyone that they released this year if if mark cuban 
saw what was going on and went, huh, I think I'm going to start my own wrestling company. And it was solely just all, you know, these people who had gotten fired from WWE this year, you know, it'd be, it'd be awesome because it'd be a third, you know, like super viable company. And yeah, I mean, it's just, again, one of those things where it's like, I've, um, I have not hidden my feelings about WWE. It's like, fuck WWE. Like it's just, and I know some people like are diehards and they love it to me. It's just like the most cornball shit now. Like it is the wrestling that like, you know, you're like, I'm embarrassed to like, when people are like, oh, you like wrestling. So like WWE is like, no, 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 no. Like for a while there, I was just like, yeah, you know, like I fucking, I love WWE. I love NXT. Now it's just like, like, you know, it's just like one of those things where it's just so bad. so corny. Like, I just, I don't care, you know, like, yeah. And especially, you know, because it's like, look at how they fucking treat these wrestlers. Like, how do you, like, how do you mess up Keith Lee? Yeah. You know, the guy looks like a fucking mil- million bucks. He's fucking works fucking great. Like, there was, like, I, I believe it was, like, last year. It was, like, right before the pandemic where they had him in there going toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, and he fit right in. And then they yeah. bring him up to the main roster and strip him of everything that made him cool. And, like, well, it's his fault for not getting over, like, is it? Is it his fault? Or how about friend of the show Killer Cross? I mean, we interviewed him, and I'm gonna I gotta be careful about what I said because we took out a lot of the interview because of he was very animated about his position with a current rest, with a wrestling company that he was with at the time, and he was very unhappy and he was naming names. And in that interview, we can see like past. He's a scary looking dude. Like this dude is stacked, right? Like if anyone was built to be a pro wrestler, it's this guy. Right. And we're sitting there and he's airing his grievances. And again, a lot of it, we could not air, which, you know, there was a part of us that like, had we done, had we aired half the interview, it would have been all, all over every wrestling site, which is kind of what he wanted. And we had to, you know, in the interest of tactfulness and, I'm being careful legally. We couldn't. Um, and I think it worked out for the best for him that we didn't, but like, here's a guy that has not only a body, but like a passion and a mind for wrestling got over on his own. And then we find out he gets signed to the WWE. And whenever we hear that from some of these indie guys, part of you's happy because you're like, wow, now a larger stage will get to see the talent that we've all come to know and love. But then there's also that fear of they're going to ruin him or her. And so he shows up on NXT and they don't, they do, they do him right. They change his name to Karrion Cross, which I, you know, whatever. But like, other than that, he was doing good. They incorporated Scarlet and he's got a cool entrance and then he gets injured and then he comes back and he's doing great. And then they call him up to raw and again, that same feeling of that's great. He deserves every accolade he can get, but and then WWE shows their ass on this guy. They they have him lose to Jeff Hardy in his debut match. They keep Scarlett down in NXT, which makes no sense. And then then they give him the stupid foam nerf helmet gladiator gimmick. And then they fire him because he didn't get over. And it's like 
he was over already and you dragged him under. And so like to be killer cross and to know where he came from when we interviewed him in this very dark place. And then probably the highest of highs when he gets the call to go to NXT and then called up to raw in his head. He's like, I'm past all the bullshit. I can make this work. Just give me the football. I'll run. And then they do that to him. And then they release him. And it's not just Killer Cross, and it's not just Keith Lee. There's a whole bunch of people that uprooted their lives and moved to Orlando. Some people within weeks of being signed were released. And it's like, how can a company recording record profits do something like this? And we always try and stay positive, but like sometimes you just got to call shit for what it is, right? And so it's... you know. I, I was talking with stupid Michael about this. We both have this opinion that maybe they're they're going to Saudi Arabia to get these profits. They kind of change up the way they're doing the network, and now they're releasing people. I think that maybe they're setting up for a sale, which w- was unimaginable maybe 10 years ago. But I got to believe that they wouldn't intentionally shoot themselves in the foot this much unless they were just trying to maximize profits, minimize overhead and then present the the best financial picture they can to a seller. But I saw this sentiment on Twitter and on Instagram. So many professional wrestlers that make this their life and and their lifeblood saying, is WWE even the place to aspire to anymore? And if they're not selling, if they're not trying to wash their hands of the business and get out with a big profit, they're changing the way people perceive WWE, WWF as a whole, because like the reason why so many of these indie people went there is they loved wrestling because they saw WWF superstars and they remember the first time they saw WWE or WWF raw. And that's, that's the wrestling they love. So they wanted to go there. Now, if I'm starting out as a wrestler, I don't give a shit about WWE at all, especially when I see my friends getting screwed over left and right. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like you may feel the same way. (laughs) It really is fucked WWE because they're pretty heartless at this point. Yeah, no, like they have all this fucking dirty, you know, dirty Saudi blood money. And, you know, for, for them to just like, you have all the money in the world. You have the ability to hire. You have like so many talented wrestlers and you still put out the most dog shit boring product. Like, I don't care if you fucking enjoy raw or SmackDown or NXT, like more power to you. But I think it's just the most dog shit, terrible form of television. Like imagine, imagine investing so much into a TV show only for the fucking creator of the show to be like, ah, never mind. I changed everything last minute. Yeah. Or like no like, before the season starts yeah yeah or like what an idiot you are for investing all this time because i just don't care you know that's a- you hire a whole creative team to come up with stuff for wrestlers and they can't figure out how to do it so you fire the wrestler instead of the creative team makes no sense to me at all or if only you had a developmental system in which you had someone developing these talents ready for television and made them extremely popular but then you brought them up to the main roster and stripped them all of all of that. Like, yeah, again, doesn't doesn't make sense to me. And but hey, listen, I know AEW not the perf- not the most perfect company in the world, but I love everything that they're putting out. And like, I would, yeah. 
I would much rather sit through, you know, Dynamite and Rampage than anything WWE is putting out because, again, it's just horseshit, dogshit fucking product that I'm yeah. like, oh. But, um, you know, let's, let's, let's change a little positivity, Dave. I went to a gay <laughs> wedding yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. So my cousin, I have a... I have a cousin. I really there's two cousins really that I, um, you know, really care about. My cousin Roxana and Veronica. Uh, Veronica, uh, Veto. I'm gonna call her Veto because there's another Veronica who I don't call Veto. But Veto, she was getting married. Her and her girlfriend of a few years. Um, so they, they did. They were trying to be slick, and uh, Alyssa, her her wife. She made like a, a thing on Facebook that was like, oh, we're celebrating uh, Veto's birthday, which isn't until like Thanksgiving weekend. Um, she's like, you know, we're celebrating her birthday, like come to to celebrate this. Just some like random thing where I was like, well, that's weird. Why would we be celebrating her birthday three weeks early? Like that doesn't really make sense. Um, and it was like, oh, it's some uh, uh, some party. Then her sister calls and she's like, hey, what's really going on is they're getting married in the morning. And then later on that day, uh, you know, we're, we're all heading over to this venue to, to celebrate, you know, their marriage and stuff like that. And so I was like, OK, like, again, you know, my favorite cousins, really, you know. And so I was like, all right, I'm like, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to celebrate this with them. Um, and I was like, well, I'll bring my girlfriend with me. And then like, I explained to her, like, on the way there, I'm like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how much of like my extended family will be there i don't know if my parents will be there i'm like but like you'll get along with my cousins and stuff like that and sure enough like i show up and it's just it's not that big of a venue and there was a lot of like um both sides of the family i you know i you know i just sat there reconnected with with my cousins and my aunt talking with them and stuff like that but wherein i made the mistake was um so uh, like they're going around like passing out like drinks and stuff like that and of course i'm like no 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 i had a dr pepper because of course it's a special occasions my cousin's wedding so, you know so i'm like i'll have a dr pepper i'm gonna get a little wild tonight um and as you know i don't drink you know and they're like offering me drinks and of course my cousins start telling my girlfriend of how like oh we've been trying to get him to fucking drink since you know since he was a kid like you know like a teenager really not like a kid you know but like i was always like no 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 you know because i mean I, this is me I, I, I don't drink and um to celebrate the wedding they're all taking a shot together you know my cousin grabs my girlfriend she's like come on you're taking a shot with all of us and well you know they're all there i get up to use the bathroom and i'm walking back and they're all around the table everyone's getting a shot and i go you know what I think I'm going to take a shot with my cousin. I've never drank with her. You know, it's her fucking wedding. Like she's my favorite cousin. I think I'm going to do this. And she's like, Oh my God, are, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. My girlfriend, same thing. She's like, are, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll be fine. Um, I've mentioned before, like holiday parties or like when Ryan would take us on vacation, and he gets angry. Like I'll take a shot with him, but it's never a lot. It's always, I make sure it's just a little bit of alcohol. Cause again, I don't, I just, I don't, drink and so i'm just like oh this is disgusting i don't want a lot right well i didn't do that this time and boy was it a nice hefty shot because i fucking oh i and i i don't know why i didn't drink it like a normal person i fucking i just threw it back immediately fucking sucked i was just like 
like I was like, oh my god, this sucks so bad. I like ripped fucking the sprite out of Veronica's hand, and I'm just like, it was her chaser, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm just like, oh, this tastes so terrible. Like, I couldn't even finish it. Like I gave the rest to my cousin. I was like, here, you. Um, and then for like the rest of the night, my throat just burned so bad. Um, and yeah, I think it's safe to say I'm not. You know, I did. I did it for my cousin's wedding. You know, <laughs> and oh boy, dude, that just fucking suck, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't drink as well, and I, I got drunk once because I lost a bet that I was sure I was going to win. But like, I took a shot at my best friend's wedding uh, with all the groomsmen, and then I've taken a shot with Ryan at our holiday party two years ago because he's like, "Come on, take a shot," and I said no, and he was like, he looked. He didn't look mad, but he looked like, oh, man. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And he was like, what? And so I think that's the very, very last time I've consumed alcohol. Um, But I'm with you. Like, when you're not a drinker and then you take like a, you know, and I'm not talking about a shot in a shot glass. Like a lot of times you get a shot in like a a glass cup. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's more than a regular shot. And then I always do it and I think, why do people do this? Like, who drank enough of this to figure out it fucks you up? Like, because like just tasting it, it burns. And then I don't I don't know how you feel, but like I always get this weird uh queasy feeling at the very top of my stomach. Yep. And um I feel fumes coming out of my throat, and I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, so I'm I'm there with you. Like, I'll do it to honor someone, never for recreation. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it's again, and I'm just, I'm not a drinker. I might've, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I told this story. I might've told it to you. Um, like it's, again, and like, I never have anyone give me shit for not drinking, you know? Right. Like it's normally like, Oh, you didn't drink. Okay. And that's it. But in my head, I'm just like, Oh, the, the first time that I hung out with my, with my now current girlfriend, it was, uh, me, her and her brother, we were going to riot fest. And they get in the car, and, and mind you, prior to this, like I'm going to go pick them up, and she's like, "Oh, like my brother said, if you want like a beer or anything," and I was like, "No, I'm good," because I'm just like, "Oh fuck, I've not told you I don't drink yet." Right. Um, and so I get in the car, and her brother is like, "Oh, here you go, man, got you a beer," and I'm just like, "Oh, thank you, mm, my favorite," you know, and I just put it like you know in the cup holder and stuff like that. And we're driving. We've been driving at this one probably like, I don't know, half an hour or something. He's just like, hey, man, he's like, your beer's going to get warm. And I'm just like, a part of me wanted to be like, oh, it's okay. I don't drink and drive. Or like, oh, I'm not going to drink and drive right now. Or like, I'll drink it later. And mind you, again, this is like the first time I'm hanging out again with my girlfriend. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to look like a fucking loser. And I'm just like, oh, I actually don't drink. And they were like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, he wound up drinking it, you know? But. Right. again it's just one of those things where i'm just always convinced that like i don't know like if i'm like oh i don't drink people would be like oh check out this fucking loser uh, i mean you know like ryan will give me shit but even then it's just like it's joking yeah like jokingly um yeah i don't know man just drinking not my thing you know like i by all means the people that enjoy it fucking go for it like it's it sounds awesome but like me personally i'm just like mm, i'm good I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I, I too, like, I always hear stories about, uh, like, 
peer pressure and stuff, I, I too have never really like I had friends that smoked a lot of weed and sold weed and ecstasy and stuff like that. I've been around them while I, they've done that stuff, but they were never like, come on, smoke some weed with me. And I'm like, you know, they just knew and then they respected my boundaries. So I guess I'm lucky in that way. Um, but I've never felt compelled to uh, imbibe. So lucky for us, right? Yeah, lucky for us. Um, you know, what people have been compelled, though, to do is to uh, sign up for our Patreon, of course. Uh, you know, the Patreon here. Uh, I, I mentioned off the top, you know, that we did the um, the Q and Stank with Ryan. And I was very surprised that one person that signed up. Uh, so, and of course, one of, one of the things that we talked about was like, uh, oh, man, we really want to get to 25, really want to get to 25. Um, and I'm sorry to tell you, Dave, we have not reached 25. We're actually at 26. Uh, so very quickly, I want to go ahead and go ahead and give a quick shout out to, you know, the, uh, the, the wonderful patrons of the show. Of course, I'm talking about Clifford Frazier, Jesse Kohlenberg, our little buddy, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, uh, the invincible man himself, Ryan Mears, who I got to see this week. He came by the shop to pick up some stuff. And it's always pleasant getting to see him. But hopefully, maybe at the next Freelance show, if if I go to it, um, I'll be able to see him because, of course, he's always there. Uh, our man, Neil Flanagan, Shannon Howanick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, Vivian, Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, uh, WH Park, uh, Mr. Shot in, the, Shot in the Dark himself, John Sino, my godfather, Jesus. Shout out, Jesus. Shout out, Jesus. Uh, Brad Dornick, B. Dornick, uh, Moises Garcia, Sean Levine, Eric Campbell, Katie Skinner, Steve Feast, Rachel Sayarto, and of course, welcoming into the the Patreon, our our man Drew Boyd, who loved Drew, uh, you know, avid listener, avid supporter of us, and Marty and Sarah as well, you know, lo- love that man Drew. And then, last but not least, um, a billionaire. So I, I posted the episode yesterday, though the the Q and the the Q and Stank with Ryan, and I get a message. Send me the Ryan episode, LOL. I'll give you three dollars and quarters. Hurry, LOL. Now, David, you and I, we have a lot of mutual friends. You know, um, I think there's one friend in particular we have that loves to boast about owning two. I'm talking two teslas you know yeah and he's a small business owner he does very well you know it has a as a staff of, of, of two employees and you know does very well for himself uh and this man instead of just signing up for the patreon was asking us to just send it to him but free. for free but and actually he did offer the three dollars and quarters but we did manage to to talk him into signing up for the patreon and of course he's a staple here at the pwt cast you know he's been on multiple times before um i believe i've actually had his wife on before we we should we had her do the um fan of the week uh and his son actually uh had his mom send frank and i a video saying that uh he doesn't love him anymore his son because he loves me and yeah. Frank so much. Of course, we're talking about uh, Michael Heredia, the newest member of the PWT cast, Patreon. Uh, stupid Michael. Uh, stupid Michael. Yeah. As we like to talk about him. But yeah, yeah thank you to all you guys. Um, Michael especially too. You know, I mean, hey, there's, you know, he may have just signed up for that and we'll, you know, 
well, that's the only content available for the $3 tier. But um, yeah. I mean, of course, Michael, thank, thank you for your immense generosity. It oh. means so much to us. Yeah. You know, uh, he, thank you. Thank you for signing up for the $20 tier. <laughs> no, he signed up for the $3 tier. What? <laughs> yeah. Michael signed up for Michael uh, signed up for the $3 tier, but I mean, Hey, you know, we got two Teslas to, to pay off. It's all right. I get it. You know, um, we've, we've, we've only kicked off one person from our page. <laughs> he may be the second, <laughs> <laughs> which that other person that well, we kicked off, uh, tried to uh, sign up for the pro wrestling tees, uh, VIP group again and demanded he get, uh, in there. And, Oh, did I shut that down immediately? Like, uh, Oof. yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, at our Patreon, if you're interested in signing up, you can sign up for, again, I mean, as low as $3, that really just gets you onto the Christmas card list. Um, yeah. but if you sign up for the $5 or above tier, you know, there's a, a bunch of, a bunch of free shows, extra shows. I actually just, um, Dave was busy. So I, I sat down and recorded a, a review myself of Midnight Mass, the Netflix show. And, um, it was a little weird just talking to myself. Like, well, it's what is where like I talk. I do love Midnight Mass, though. I do love Midnight Mass. It's so good. But I would like talk and then I would look over at the Funko Pops and I'm just like, what if one of these things starts talking to me? But then I was like, <laughs> what if they all start talking to me? You know, yeah. that would that's when the sea madness would fully develop. And also, again, we put up the, the, the two Jericho Cruise episodes. I'm. I'm disgusting in that, like, I love listening. I think the fa- my favorite thing of anything we've recorded is that last day the like c manis was like me you and cousin jeremy where we're just making yeah. fun of him like you know we're, we're <laughs> and he was just taking it like a chance <laughs> oh yeah like i love it like again at one point my girlfriend's like how did you guys not know who sticks was and i was like oh no we knew jeremy could have said any band jeremy could have said yeah. fucking <laughs> the rolling stones kiss you know anyone and we would have just like no sold him but um that is just my favorite, you know, because again, it is just like full sea madness has seeped in for the both of us. And we are just, we are just maniacs. Thank God neither of us like said anything inappropriate that had to be like edited out or anything on that. Because again, we're just like, you could just tell, I'm just like, Oh Dave, please. I'm like, at one point I asked you to not make me laugh. Cause I really needed yeah. to drink water. And even then I still got up and ran to the bathroom to spit out the water. Cause like, like that would have been a fun video exclusive you know like sure to have been well and half half the fun was being there with jeremy experiencing not only the first jericho cruise he's been on but like the first cruise and uh it was just nice to experience that with him yeah and him receiving his uh immigration papers that he was he (laughs) possibly would have not been allowed back into the country um which yeah that would have been fun um but yeah i mean so next week's show will obviously uh, be a full gear heavy as uh I'll I'll be a ten, I'll be the the roving reporter for the PWT guys, you know, talking yeah. about it. I I hope Hangman wins the belt. I'm I'm really hoping he does. As like um, I've enjoyed Kenny Omega, but boy, do I want to see that nice Adam Page boy, you know? Yeah. And, and I think if he wins, Mark might cry. You know. Like I mean, it would be like him winning it himself. Yeah, like I know. <laughs> Juan has said that if Hangman wins, he's ripping his shirt off and fucking, you know, swinging it in the air, um, which would be a lovely visual. But like, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I think he would do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping he doesn't get a little buzzy wuzzy and uh, does that as uh, as you guys would have heard on the previous episode, the, the CM Punk episode in particular. Uh, drunk Juan loves taking his shirt off. 
you know? Yeah. So we'll see what sort of adventures we get into, you know, on that. Again, I'll be the, the roving reporter. Uh, but yeah, man, um, any final words, Dave, anything before we get out of here? Well, I was wondering, did you say if, is Raul going to uh, Raul, Raul and Giovanni are going there, but they are going separately from us. Um, we got to make sure that boy drinks a lot of water. Boy, we got we got to just we got to make sure water is the only thing that boy drinks. Yeah. Um, Drink some water. Don't have pizza or anything. Don't see anything you wouldn't want to see on your shirt. <laughs> I mean, actually, I think him and Giovanni are sharing seats together. So, uh, oh. by all means, drink as much as you want because yeah. uh, I'm not taking I'm not taking care of anyone. But no, yeah. R- R- Rose. Rose learned his lesson. He he's he's yeah. a good boy now. He's a good boy. Yeah, I love Rose. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, shout out Rose. Yeah, Rose, very very nice person. Always comes up to me and asks how I'm doing. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, for the PWT cast though this week, I've been Scrump, and this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast, and so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.